Amen. So, <clears throat> we were looking at knowing and doing God's will. And last week we looked at Romans 8, 27 and 28. And we talked that when we pray, God knows the spirit. He knows the mind of the spirit. And that God is ultimately working out his plans for our life. And we talked about sometimes we don't always have the answers to things. But you know what? That's okay. We may not ever have the answers this side of heaven. However, I will say this, that God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for my life. And there is nothing, repeat, nothing that will thwart that plan. Now, one of the texts that uh, I want to look at this morning is Psalm 34. So if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Psalm 34, 17 to 19. God is near. This kind of follows up on what we were talking about last week. God is near. Now, this psalm is set, uh, actually written by King David, as you're turning there, Psalm 34, 17 to 19. This came about because uh, David was fleeing Abimelech, and he faked insanity. So King David knows a little bit about being in difficult situations. He knows a little, about, a little bit about having to go through trials and hardships. And sometimes David brought those on himself, and other times they just came because he was the king. So as we unfold this this morning, I want us to be mindful of the fact that no matter what happens in our lives, no matter where we go, no matter what is going on, God is near. He is always near. And I, uh, I don't know this really gotten wild with all this uh, FaceTime now. You can, you can FaceTime. There's no more, you know, the old flip phones or the, or the rotary dial phones. Those are all gone. But um, there's an advantage to this because if, you, if your loved ones or a friend lives in some other part of the country, you can just put your iPhone on. And if you've got good internet connection, you can talk to them. And sometimes the connection looks like they're, they're on the moon, but uh, you're still able to talk. In a lot of ways, this is God with us, in a lot of ways. Now, the first thing that we need to know is that God hears our cries. This is on the bulletin on the back uh, of the bulletin that you have to fill in the blanks. God hears our cries. Now, notice it says in verse 17, when the righteous, that's us, when the righteous cry for help. Segwa, segwa is the word to cry for help. And it means to call out in a desperate situation or an intense situation. It's somebody that is, and by the way, the righteous are those who belong to God, but it's a situation when you, when you are at the most deepest part of the situation and you are crying out to God. I bet you everybody in this room has had at least one of those events where things have gotten so bad that you are like feeling like you're at the bottom of it, and all of a sudden, you cry out to God for help. This is what I'm talking about. The situations in life where we just get so overwhelmed, we seem so burdened, and we got to remember the dialogue that's happening between the Holy Spirit and God, which was Romans chapter 8, uh, 27 and 28. Um, but here now living this is what we've got 
I want us to know and be reminded of the fact that God knows the depths of your heart. I know, I know, brothers and sisters, when we get in these moments where we're just overwhelmed, when everything seems so intense and heavy that it seems like God is not there. Where's, where's God? But I'm going to tell you this morning that God is there. God is there. In the darkest, deepest hour, he is there. Our action is to simply cry out to him. But then God's response, 17b, God's response. The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord here is, well, the Hebrew word is Yahweh, but it's also Adonai. Adonai, which is, the word means my Lord. Not the Lord, but my Lord. This is a personal God. Listen, when, when you are a believer in Christ, you have the Holy Spirit living in you, you can now call him my Father, my God, my Savior. That's who we have in Christ. And this is what, the, what, this is what David is writing. The Lord, my Lord, Yodehavev, Yahweh, Elohim, all of those wrapped in. He is a personal God in a personal relationship. And the one thing that we need to be mindful of the fact, uh, James tells us in James 4, 8, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. That is a promise. That is not something that we can have, uh, oh, I hope God draws near. But I'm going to tell you, as a believer in Christ, when you go to God, God draws near to you. Now, I get it. You may think God is the furthest thing away from you. But listen to what he says here. This Lord, my personal God, my personal Savior. Adonai, I love that. Adonai. Listen to this. He hears. Sema. Sema in the, he in, in the Hebrew. And what that means, listen to this. So here you are praying to God. Wherever you are, you are praying to God. And as you're praying to God, Sema hears, hears Sema, hears, he is processing information that you are sending to him. Pastor Mike, are you telling me that when I pray to God, he is listening and processing everything that I tell him. That's exactly what I'm telling you. That God is listening with intent. Satan may try to tell you God can't hear you. But I want to tell you that God does hear you. That you have a personal audience with God. I have said this throughout my ministry. I believe it is absolutely true. Ultimately, I play for an audience of one, and so do you. The audience that I play for is God. And in my life, I live for him as he would want me to live. Now, it depends on which day you catch me on. It may not look like I do. But I can tell you that you live for him, and you love him, and you go to him. He will listen to you. He listens, but not only that. Listen to this. 
He delivers them out of all of their troubles. Neos, which is the word for deliver. It is a hephile verb, and that means something like this. To snatch. So not only does God hear us, process the information with the help of the Holy Spirit inside of us, working on God's plan, God goes, okay, now is the right time to snatch that person out of the trouble or trial. I think this is a fair statement. I don't think I've ever had one instance in my life where God did not deliver me from a situation. Now, I'll say this, <laughs> that there were times in my life when I wish God would have rescued me a little bit earlier. <laughs> but there has never been a time in my life that God didn't reach down and snatch and pull me out. So the real test here, <laughs> the real test is, is the fact that God will deliver all of you out of your trials. That is guaranteed. You say, well, what about people that struggle for years? Well, he gives them the grace, and then eventually he does pull them out of the situation. He does. So he delivers them out of their troubles. And this word trouble is serah, which is the word for distress. By the way, this is God, not him. But this is a point that God is reaching down to pull you out of this. Now, what, what, kind, of, what kind of troubles could we have? I'm going to give you just a, just a few. First of all, there's inner anguish and stress or distress. You know, one of the best ways to get your mind off that is take a rubber band put it around your wrist, and when you start thinking about it, snap. Ow. I knew I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> that kind of hurt, but you take it and you just snap it to remind you. Snap out of it. God is in control. God knows this. These, and by the way, these are very real feelings. I don't want to say that they're not real feelings, but at the same time, we got to be reminded of the fact that God is near us. And if we draw near to him, he will draw near to us. God sees our situation. He knows where we are in our lives. And God has not left us out there by ourselves. It may seem like it, but he has not. A second thing, physical calamity. Sometimes you may have hurt a back, broke a leg, broke an arm, had some type of surgery, difficult. God understands that. And he has a wonderful mechanism in the body called healing that he allows to take place naturally. And eventually you'll get out of that if you do all the exercises. But there's physical calamity, sometimes very difficult um, situation. There was a, um, a lady the other day on one of the social platforms that said, please pray for me. And she put it out there. She had stage five cancer. So I responded to her and encouraged her, tried to. Situational danger. I think David's in one right now. He's being pursued. So David would know that, Lord, this is a situational danger. Can you hear me? Do you know where I am? Can you see me? God's response, yes, I know exactly where you are. You may be in that spot today. 
I just want to encourage you that God hears your cries. Not only that, but God draws near to the brokenhearted, verse 18. God draws near to the brokenhearted. He says it. Look at verse 18a. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. This word refers to the mind, the soul, and the self. In a sense, in a second meaning of the word, it means injured. So this thing that is broken is something that is inside of us. It can also mean to have something broken externally. But usually that word refers to something happened inwardly. Gray Barrett gives a wonderful explanation of this. I, I think it's probably one of the best and the simplest. Being brokenhearted is like having a broken rib. On the outside, it looks like nothing's wrong, but every breath hurts. Yeah, you know, being brokenhearted, it just hurts. It just hurts. You know, and on social media again, I see these comments about God and um, not, not particularly on Facebook, but other medias. Um, I see these guys, these people blog and, and, and write about God. And if God is so good, you know where it's going, right? If God is so good, why did he allow this? If God is so good, why did he allow this? Well, there's a simple answer to that. And it goes all the way back to Genesis, the fall of man. And when man fell, sin entered the world, and therefore, that's where it happened. It is not God's responsibility. It is God has sent Jesus Christ to die on a cross to pay for our sins, and that when we believe in him and trust in him, all of those sins are wiped out. But I, this is what I don't hear a lot of, even from the Christian community. And I think we need to start talking this up. That God is a compassionate God. God draws near to the brokenhearted. It's God just naturally widows the brokenhearted. He just gravitates to those who are hurting. And in the response to this lady, I just said um, that I'm, I'm praying for you. And I wrote out a prayer for her for as much space as you could possibly get. And others in that chain had responded to her. And she's just, she said at the end of this, she says, I feel lost. And I responded to her again and said, I know you feel lost, but I want to tell you, if you have Christ, he is near you. And she said, yes. So I wanted to encourage her the best I could. You know, 
all of us in here and those watching by Facebook, if you love God, you're naturally compassionate, right? I mean, you see people and you want to, you, you want to help them. Well, if me as a mere man want to do that, think about a heavenly father who created us. God is near the brokenhearted. And when you go through, even though every breath hurts, God is with you. He draws near you. I've had situations in my life at times where I go, where are you? Tough situations in, in ministry at times. But I'm, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, God is there even though you may not see him physically. And then sometimes God shows up by sending somebody to minister to you or to reach out to you. But he also has a response to this. He draws near the brokenhearted and saves Yasa. Yasa. And that means to deliver. To be in a situation of safety or you could say free from danger. The Lord saves delivers them to a place of safety for those who are crushed in spirit. And the word crushed in spirit refers to a breaking. So God knows at what point we need to be delivered. I don't know if you've, kept, if you've been watching the news lately. Uh, Australia's having really bad fires. Um, this is a koala that's being pulled out of that situation. Hundreds and hundreds of animals are being delivered and rescued, pulled out of that environment. And you know, my heart, my heart goes to these little guys. Uh, I've seen them on, some of them, they were too late. Uh, some of them, uh, I think, 35% or so of the population has been lost. That's a significant number. And then there's other animals, and there's people. But when you see these things, you've got compassion. That's what God does for us. Thank, thank God he was, this little guy was delivered out and, and, and saved. People had to go in there and rescue. Uh, God's going to rescue you. I want you to know that today. God is going to deliver you from whatever you are going through. And it may not be today. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be three years from now. But I'm going to tell you, God will deliver you. He will deliver you out of whatever it is that you are in. Now, if I did not believe that, If I did not believe that, I'd be out of here. But the fact is, because I have a God that I've seen in my life deliver me at times when I didn't think he could possibly pull it off, and he did, and I know that there's times out here where you could share with me that God delivered you, and he did, you, this, is the, this, is the, this is the thing. We have to believe in our hearts that God will deliver us because sometimes that is the only thing we have to hang to. 
no matter what it is. There's been, you know, I mean, just tons of times. I get nervous with surgeries. So when I go and I pray with somebody that's having a surgery, I get it. I remember when I had this cancer removed off my face. I asked the anesthesiologist five times, please make sure that I don't wake up. Because that happened to me in a surgery. I woke up. And the doctor looked at me and he goes, like this, to the anesthesia, put him under, he's awake. And I, I remember that. And when they wheeled me in the room and put you on a little bitty table, you know, where I mean, you guys are going to be all right. Yes, yeah, it's going to be all right, right? So they, 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 they lock you in, and I asked the anesthesiologist again in the room as I'm looking up at the lights and I'm looking at the two doctors that have the mask on and I, what I call the death clock up there. <laughs> they could be able to call it, and they said, no, you're going to be fine. So I asked her again, and I looked up at the light, and the next thing I remember, I was waking up from surgery. The nurse at the, the VA said, cough, and I went, <coughs> and she said, no, cough, and I went, <coughs> and I'm coming out of it. Sometimes we just need to trust God. God does his best work in our hearts when we sleep and rest. Just rest. Rest. We're so busy. We want things done now. In times of distress, remember God is near. Don't ever forget that. Again, take it and drill it and, and nail it. Nail it down. No matter what else happens, God is near. Number two, get in the word. And more importantly, I think in times of distress, open it to the book of Psalms. You know the Psalms are filled with wonderful letters of encouragement. The Lord is my shepherd. You know that one, Psalm 23. Get in the word. That's how God speaks to us. Uh, that's how you get your nourishment. That's how you get your encouragement. Get in the word. Every time somebody comes to me and they said they're in a dark area, I point them to the Psalms so that they can get strength. You, you eat. You wake up in the morning, you eat breakfast, you go to work, you, you go to lunch, you eat lunch, you, you come home, you eat dinner. You need that food for nourishment, just like you need the Bible for nourishment to, so that you can grow in, in your relationship. And, and by the way, when you're in the Word, when you're in the Word, something happens to where God says, and here it is, this is in 34, I just pulled one randomly, 34:15. the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous. That was just picking it up. Of course, don't, don't do something like this, but that usually doesn't work. The temple was 16 cubics by, that doesn't usually do anything for you. But get in the word. Pray and ask for prayers. Here's a big one. We don't, we don't do this too often. Ask people to pray. You know, there's more people, if you contact people and say, pray for me about this situation. That girl that posted that thing, 
there was probably 250 responses. I don't know what there's been since. But there were two, at least 250. So there's like a number on it. But, and it's probably gone up since then because that was earlier in the week. You got to have people praying for you. Because I'm going to tell you something. When people pray, you, you can sense the power and presence of God in your life. Something happens. Prayer transcends time and space. It does. There's been story after story of missionary that's been on the missionary field. In a bad situation, people praying, and at that moment, they're delivered. Wow. Luck, okay, if you want to go that route, but it's not luck. Focus on what God is doing. What is God, what do I see in front of me? And then ask, what do I think God is doing here? Oh, and by the way, lastly, in verse 19, and he will deliver you. He will deliver you. Beautiful words here. I know none of us like to hear them or even read them, but here they are. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Many. Rob. <laughs> this is I'm just giving you the literal Hebrew meaning. It means abundant. It's Continuous, including many parts, vast and wide in number. It's a one-size-fits-all. Whatever it is, it could be trouble at work, it could be trouble at home, it could be trouble anywhere that you go in this life. Uh, many are the afflictions, the raw. You ready for this? Evil affliction, harmful affliction, sad, distress. Um, all, these er all these elements come into play. It could be something that is evil that is attacking you. If that's the case, then you go to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, and start putting on the full armor of God so that you can stand against the wiles of the devil and fight back. Those are things that we know about. It can mean those things that are harmful. The fact is... That if you seek, listen to this, please listen. This is, this is important. Because we often omit this from our theology and our thoughts. Lord, I'm suffering. Lord, I'm suffering. Well, guess what? All those who seek to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted, period. And will be harassed. And will have hardships. That is part of being a Christian. So, at some point, at some point, brothers and sisters, all of us are going to encounter hardships because of who we have trusted in. The world does not like us. Newsflash, the world does not like believers. And when you start talking about Jesus, you're inviting hardships and trials. It could be a boss. It could be a next-door neighbor. It could be anybody. You start talking that way. The fact is that... When, when, the, when David writes here, many are the afflictions of the righteous, that's us. And I'm going to say, I'm going to go one step further. You know God's people, the nation of Israel, has always been persecuted. Did you know that? Jesus said, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Even though that peace will never come, we're still to pray for it.
the master race. World War II, the Jews were treated horribly. I saw Dachau. I saw Dachau when I was over there. I spent five years in Germany. It was horrific. The atrocities committed against people whose only problem was they were Jewish. Horrific. You know what? I say this with all filling. Even our worst doesn't match that. Thank God Hitler was defeated. Thank God the German Reich was supposed to be a thousand years which Hitler twisted from the Bible too. He killed many theologians during that reign. The swastika. That's a twisted cross, by the way. To show you how evil things can get. And he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. I don't think anybody in here can quite live up to this. So in our own lives, we need to start trusting that the light and moment, momentary affliction that we go through leads to a greater glory. Yeah, it's, yeah that's, a, that's, a, that's a good comparison. When David wrote this, many of the afflictions of the righteous, yeah, and definitely for God's people. Truth about affliction. Trials will come. Just put it. I, I really think you need to write this stuff down. It's my own my own take. Um, James one two. Count it all joy. Count it all joy. <laughs> okay. James one two. I want you to write that down and go look it up. Trials will 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 come. Persecution will come. You know we're living in the last days, right? Hebrews 1, 1. In the former days, God spoke to us by the prophets. In these last days, God has spoken to us by his son. These are the last days. When Jesus came, we're in the last days. People say, this is the last days because of this. No, the last days started when Jesus came. That was the last days. We're in them. And here, men will go from bad to worst. It's, 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 we're in a free fall. Please come, Lord Jesus. <laughs> Persecution will come. Number three, we will be hated. This is all good news this morning. <laughs> but I want you to know this. So that when you get out there and see, all of a sudden, bam, you're getting hit with this stuff. You're not going to be knocked down to where you become ineffective for the Lord. This stuff's going to happen. Satan will attack us, James 4, 7. So much so that James says, resist the devil and he will flee. 
So when Satan comes and is causing all kinds of problems, get down and say, Lord, push Satan out. I'm not trying to be charismatic. I'm trying to be biblical. That's a fact. Resist the devil and he will flee. That's pretty sound theology. And we will have troubles. This is, this is life. In this world, Jesus said, you will have troubles. <laughs> if, if our Savior said that, I think we're on safe ground to say we're going to have troubles. It's how we respond to the troubles that become an issue. And let me just say this before we shut this down, before we land this flight. Um, I think that through these trials, God is trying to define who we are. Have you ever flunked one? <laughs> okay. Because, see, I think our response has a lot to do with what we believe about God. Maybe for a minute. But then to show the sign of maturity. Okay. All right, Lord. This, this has come upon me and I don't know what to do. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to remember that you're with me. And I'm going to ask others to pray for me. And I'm going to be closer to you. I'm going to draw closer to you. Lord, this thing hurts. Rather than just an explosive. You can learn the maturity of somebody in 30 seconds. By how they respond to trial. If they blow up and they go off half-cocked. They need to grow a little bit in their faith. However, I used to have this lady in my first church. She was smiley all the time. Made me crazy. Her name was Della. Going through some bad stuff, but every Sunday morning, Wednesday night, asked me over for fried chicken, you got it coming and she had stuff going on in her life that was rough but she just you remember Della just pleasant to be you never saw her any other way except smiley and it started being a little conviction in me because I was like young pastor I'm like I'm gonna take everything and I'm gonna uh, but you know I I learned a lot from her that was 30 years ago and I still remember that woman and how she handled stuff in her life and it wasn't you you would never if you were to hear her raise her voice it, it would shock you it would shock you. She just, she got serious at times, but it wasn't, uh, I just looked to her and I thought, man, this, this, this woman has a relationship. She has a relationship. But the Lord, God's response, and then we're going to close. God's response, very quickly, I want to show you this. 
powerful, what I call powerful image. The eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous. I read that already. The face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Brothers and sisters, trust him. Trust him with your life. Live for him. Know that God is near. Know that God hears your prayers. And know that God walks with you. That's what I want want you to know today.